Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, what did they put on? They put fig leaves on. I mean, like the worst thing in the world. They itch like crazy. They put fig leaves on to try to do what? Cover up their what? If we all had fig trees in our yard, we'd still try to be using figs to do what? Cover up what we think is, well, it's going to solve my problem. God can't see this. No, nothing is hidden from God. People have tried to cover up their sin ever since the beginning. They deny the hurt done to others as well as the guilt that they feel because deep inside they know they've done somebody wrong. But sin and guilt never go away when you try to take care of them yourself. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the only way to rid yourself of these burdens, which is to follow Jesus. You'll learn about your need to become familiar with Scripture and then to do what it says without hesitation. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Living Word. Verse 17, Ephesians 6, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See the difference? Be careful. When we're fighting, it's the Spirit that's the key. It's not the flesh. All right, back to Hebrews chapter 4. Now, this sword is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. What does that enable it to do? The next thing, it penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Penetrates. What's that mean? Well, when the spirit of God works through his word, it exposes the inner heart of man. And it says there that it actually separates the soul and the spirit. What is the soul and the spirit? Well, the soul is the mind and will and emotions, it's the flesh of man, and it separates from the spiritual part of man. So the word cuts between what is of the spirit and what is of the flesh. It knows exactly where to go, and it goes right to the core of my problem. I can't, as a man, get there. God's word can get anywhere. I remember when I had my open heart surgery, In those days, it wasn't as common to have all these little things that can go in and just open the veins and the arteries and whatever. I mean, they were there, but we weren't using a lot of those. And he just said to me, it's impossible for us to put that stent 
into that place. And probably today it's still impossible. It just can't go there. So we're going to have to do surgery. You know, it's impossible for you and I to get to the core of my problem, even my own problem. But God's sword can get anywhere very easily. Say it with me. It penetrates. Say it with me. It penetrates. Have you ever felt the penetrating sword of the Spirit? If you haven't, you have what kind of a heart? A hard heart. We've all felt it. And even as we had our staff meeting this morning, we all felt it. It's like a knife, a sharp knife in hot butter. Just went through it. It's just gone. I mean, it just goes right to us. It's important that you understand that. Very often when I'm teaching, I'll get a letter a week later. Somebody stops me at the end of service. Where do you live? I live over West Melbourne. Were you on my street last night? What do you mean was I on the street last night? You're outside my window, weren't you? I said, what do you mean I'm outside your window? Well, you heard, you spoke right to me. No, I just tell him it's an inside job. God was there. He didn't tell me about you. Now that you told me, I will pray for you if you have that need. But if you hadn't said anything, I would have never known it. Anybody that teaches, you hear this. People say, my neighbor told me about you, didn't he? My wife called you yesterday, didn't she? No, but the Holy Spirit just rang your bell. Next, judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Judges. That word means analyzes. Sifts out the truth. Scrutinize. It reveals who we really are on the inside. It discerns good from evil. John 6, 63 says this, the Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But some of you do not believe me. Notice, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe. Well, how did he know that? The word gave discernment. Jesus was and is the word. Now, with that, the power of the word It penetrates, it judges, it's living, it's active. Verse 13 ties it all together. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. In our day and age, We kind of understand this nothing hidden from sight anymore. There's this huge debate in London now because anywhere you go in London, because of all the problem with the Muslims and Al-Qaeda, I mean, London is simply filled with security cameras everywhere. Almost every single corner in London has a camera. The police are happy because they're solving all kinds of crimes. Why? Because they get a picture of this. Of course, people are saying, that's not really right, invading my privacy and all the rest. Well, one day Jesus came to a well. There was a woman there. And he began to minister to her. And he said to her, go get your hubby and come back. 
She said, well, I, I don't have a husband. He said, I know that. You've been married five times, and now you're living with somebody. Well, eventually, when she went into the town, she said this, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Well, who could do that? Only one person could do that. God. Notice what it says. Nothing is in all creation is hidden from his sight. Everything is uncovered. So as you and I think about that, you need to just write this simple word. Nothing is ever hidden from God. Now, many times in medicine, medicine has advanced so much, we have to use a different machine to look for different things, to diagnose the problem. MRI, CT scan, ultrasound, a PET scan, a myriad of all kinds of things. And sometimes when that doesn't work, the surgeon simply has to go down in and take a look with a camera to see what's really taking place. With God, he doesn't need any of that. He knows right now everything that's flowing through your mind. And not just the thoughts, but the attitudes. What you're thinking, why you're thinking of it. Here's some fig leaves. You remember these? In the book of Genesis, remember them? Adam and Eve, after they sinned, what did they put on? They put fig leaves on. I mean, like the worst thing in the world. They itch like crazy. <laughs> they put fig leaves on to try to do what? Cover up their what? If we all had fig trees in our yard, we'd still try to be using figs to do what? Cover up what we think is Well, it's going to solve my problem. God can't see this. No, nothing is hidden from God. Now, when you see that, do you look at that as bad? I do if I get caught. How about you? But see, it's not bad. It's what? It's good. Because I need that area sliced open and taken out of me. How about you? And by the way, Is there ever a point you get in your life where God doesn't need to do any more surgery with his word? Never. So I have to have biblical insurance for my whole life. And I have to have a surgeon that knows me inside and out. And there's one that does, and he loves you. And he does the surgery for our good. Remember John 15? He prunes every one of us to make us more productive. So there's never a time in my life, doesn't matter who you are, we're all equal. Never a time in my life that God is at work in my life. He's doing something. He's working something out. He cuts across the surface of my words and my actions. The word just goes right in. And whatever's broken, whatever needs fixed, only God's word can pierce through it and go right to the point of the problem. Maybe you have the problem of jealousy. Right to it. God knows how to do that. Unforgiveness. His word exposes the sin. And then, if we trust God, healing comes. Very often, and I worked in pharmacy for many, many years, a doctor, would, people would come in and they've been searching. They did every test in the world to try to figure out what in the world's cause. And they couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. Finally, someone discovered it. And when they discovered it, they were able to solve the problem. Well, see, that's not an issue with God. He knows immediately what the problem is. And his cure is always gentle. It hurts. 
but it never harms. See, if you're going to have surgery, guaranteed it's going to hurt. Especially if it's through your mouth. (laughs) That's why you want to be asleep. It's going to hurt. But it never what? It doesn't harm with a good surgeon because he does the right or she does the right thing. God always does the right thing. One day David made this prayer. You'll remember it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, why does he say that? Because I don't know my own heart. But God does. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See, the battle is always in the mind. It's what I'm thinking right now. It's the discerner of my thoughts. And then he says this, God, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me on the path of everlasting life. If I'm out of this word, I don't have a soft heart, I have a hard heart. If I'm out of this word, then God isn't able to use it to take care of my needs and to bring me health. Understand the power of that word. Now turn with me to 2 Timothy very quickly. And I'm going to go very quickly through this. Understand the word of God is not something that we do on a temporary basis. We want to be steadfast in God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Paul writing to Timothy, But as for you, circle these next two words, continue in. Continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it. Paul reminds Timothy to continue in, to abide, remain, dwell in the teaching of God's word. There's false doctrine everywhere. you got to remain in this foundation. Now, where did Timothy get the initial foundation from? Certainly got it from Paul, but where did it come from initially? Look at verse 15. And how from where? From where, tell me? From where? From infancy. Pastor Mark, are you telling me that our children from infancy can learn the principles of God's Word? Absolutely. That's why we have the Iwana program. That's why this church and certainly many others. The adults aren't the focus. It's the students and the children. We do fine. Certainly we take care of you. We feed you. We shepherd you. But these kids, and really that's the problem that we have today because so many parents can't raise their kids in the Word because they don't know the Word. So we help them out with the Iwana program, all these other wonderful things where we do. We take kids seriously. So he says, look at verse 16. All scriptures God breathed. Well, let me go back to 15. Infancy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So at a young age, a child can become a believer. I became a Christian at five years old. I didn't understand justification. I didn't understand sanctification. But I knew this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's good enough. It's a great start. It's stuck. And where did I learn it? From my mom and dad. At a bedside, they knelt down with me when I was five. Praise God. You that are parents have a tremendous responsibility and privilege. Don't bypass it. It's wonderful. Now, let me give you very quickly... Five things. You can just write them quickly. We'll not have time to go in them. 
What does the word of God do? What are these profitable areas of my life? Number one, salvation. I wouldn't know what salvation meant, what sin was, what to do about it. I I would have no clue, as the Bible told me. So salvation is all in the word of God. Of course, not only salvation, but sanctification, justification, glorification. Number two, the Bible in verse 16 says it's useful. In other words, it's profitable for what? Teaching or doctrine. And what this is what I've written in my Bible. It helps me so much. That simply means, tell me what is right. What is right? People say, what do you do about this? Well, here's what is right. It's doctrine. It's teaching. Here is what is right. And it teaches about all the things that we do get in it. Number three, reproof. Convicts us. Misbehavior. So what's the little word there? What is not right? That's not right. This is right. That isn't right. Very clear. Very easy to see. Number four, it doesn't just say, here's what's right and here's what's wrong. But it shows me correction. In other words, how to get right. Well, start doing this. Stop doing what's wrong and start doing what's right. So that helps a person get on track. It's not just, well, you've done this. Too bad. Ask forgiveness. No, ask forgiveness. Sure, but here's how to start doing right. And number five, instruction. Encouraging. Building up. In other words, how to stay right. It's not enough to start well. We have to finish well. And that's what the Word of God does. Now, it does all of that so that we'll be, verse 17, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's the goal. Maturity. Living examples. We're to be like Jesus. We're to think like Jesus. We're to act like Jesus. So, like any user manual... Everything fits together. And that's exactly what the Word of God is. The Bible is our user's manual for life. Anything that you need to solve a problem with, or get direction from, or help from, is found in the Word of God. Somebody asked me a question, and I won't give you the issue earlier. It was about this. And here's something else we've learned. If the Bible is silent, we're silent. In other words, it's not issues that really matter. You're going to have an old personal conviction about something? Fine. Use it. Enjoy it. You respond to how you feel about it. Don't try to put your conviction on somebody else. If the Bible is silent about something, we're silent about it. If the Bible speaks about it, by the way, in this church, we teach about it. We give you the instruction. Now, the Bible is no good. Go back to Hebrews 4. We're almost done. The Bible is no good unless we obey it. It's no good. You can't be a hearer of the word and not a doer. So this next statement's a little long, but you need to write it. The Bible must be read, believed, and practiced. And here's the key. The final authority in every single area of our lives. This is where we get in trouble. Pastor Mark, well, I know that's true, but here's, here's my circumstances. They're a little different, so I can't really follow What the Bible says. No, you're wrong. It is the final authority. Not Calvary Chapel, not me, not another pastor. It's the Word of God that's the final authority. Remember, nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare 
before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Wouldn't it be amazing? We live this whole life. We know nothing about heaven, hell, judgment. We get to life, and we're there. St. Peter says, uh, stand in line over here. You're a Christian, right? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Stand in line here. What am I in line for here? What are all these people in line? Well, God's going to judge your motives while you're in. What? Nobody ever told me. But what are you? Are you kidding me? Well, God's fair now. Ever been in a college class? And you go walk in one day in the college class, and the professor says, quiz. What? You never told me it's going to be a quiz. I would have studied. What does God say? Nothing's hidden. When I stand before God, one day, I will give an account. I'm warned. It's not about lots of stuff's going to get burned because my attitudes weren't right. I'm going to stand before God. And I want to stand before him mature, doing the things that are right, living his word, obeying in it. Last verse for us, Joshua. Powerful verse for us to think about. Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate simply means chewing it over like a cow would. Think about it. In the office today, three or four of us were singing the song we ended with this weekend. Walk down the hall and somebody's singing it and I'm singing another verse as they walk down the hall. It was an awesome song. The last song we sang this weekend and Jonathan played it up there and Jimmy and the band did here. See, the word should be in our lives. Not just in your devotion in the morning, but meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do what you desire. No, no. Everything written in it. Then... What will my life be like? Prosperous and successful. One day, Jesus kind of set out the whole pattern. And a lot of disciples walked away. It says, and from this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer longer followed him. And Jesus turned to the twelve and he said this, You want to leave too? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom... Shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Don't bet against this word. Don't ever bet anything against this word. God's all wise. He's all knowing. He's all loving. Cherish it. Read it. Meditate on it. Study it. Enjoy it. Bible says to eat it. Become Actually, some of us would do quite better if we ate it, because it's balanced. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that you, as a Christ follower, are in a spiritual battle. He told you that the Bible, God's Word, is one of the weapons you have available to use against Satan. Jesus was able to resist temptation and confront his critics because he knew God's Word and God's heart. The same thing is possible for you if you apply yourself to the job. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. 
We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end of Pastor Mark's message, The Living Word. Next time, he'll begin a brand new study called Jesus, Our Perfect High Priest. He'll be getting back to the theme of Hebrews, which is why Jesus is better than the Old Testament standards. You'll hear the story of an unusual priest, Melchizedek, why he's highly thought of and what makes Jesus better than him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.